this week we are looking at the idea of self-doubt as I start to explore this second episode of I Haven't Made It Yet. Following being on the retreat last weekend, like full of energy, surrounded by lots of people doing very well or already having accomplished stuff in their business, despite not being at the same level, there wasn't any self-doubt creeping up that weekend. It was just a case of being around those people, all working on our businesses, sharing ideas, being interested in one another. It was empowering. But literally, just over 24 hours after that or so, came a whole bout of self-doubt and concern about, like, what am I doing? Is this working? Am I on the right path? And part of that comes from a lack of sales at this point in time. And I'm not put off by that entirely, but it does sit in your mind. And it's something I've been thinking about because the method that I think is definitely the right thing to do at this stage is high ticket, low volume. So I know that my good, better, best, my good, better, best targets, the good is the most, in my head, realistic. Um, Because when you first start out, I've got to re-establish myself. I am re refining my offer. I'm defining and refining my offer in exactly what that looks like and and what's best. And just at that target, just at that good goal, which so that you know, complete transparency is 50k. And the reason for that number is when you work backwards from it, it makes sense. It would replace what my old income was. Um, I still do work as a supply teacher and some consultancy work actually too now. Um, so I have other revenue streams at this point um, for my own income. So that kind of would sit independently. So to me, that sounded reasonable. And when you acknowledge that sort of the average average cost between the programs is about 4k, um, it makes it very easy to say, well, that's 12 people and that's one a month. And that is a lovely, nice, reasonable number. And actually go one a month doesn't feel too challenging. Um, It's reasonable. And at this stage, I don't know how many numbers backwards that that means I need in terms of how many people do I need on calls each month? How many people, therefore, do I need uh, coming in as leads, etc. It's all about keeping not keeping keeping it realistic whilst ultimately being in an experimentation phase because you don't know you don't know the numbers on it you, you you don't know all the answers yet so um taking a realistic approach whilst having some better and best goals thrown in there just in case you really hit it off like imagine if i nailed the messaging and the offer and getting in front of the right people like this month then there's every possibility that you could totally smash that target uh, and have something else uh, then to literally go, okay, that was my, my good goal. Let's move on. But with those numbers in mind and the average of one sale a month, let's take that linearly. I am a maths teacher after all. Like if you were getting that one sale a month, that's that's one sale every month in a month that averages 30 days and 29 days of not making a sale. And that if it even followed that, is really hard. It's 
it's the same as when you get paid at work, right? You get paid when you have a PAYE job. Most people, unless you're lucky like I was in theatre, but um, you usually get paid once a month. So you know when that month is, that day is coming in the month, your paycheck falls in to your bank account and you've got your money. You've got a bit of a high as you spend that week usually spending it. And then you've got a few weeks to get through. You can budget, you know how to get there, and you've just got to, you've just got to wait. You've just got to wait, and it's not going to be that long. It's going to be another three weeks after that, and that's when the next one will be in. When it comes to this, though, that one a month being an average um, doesn't mean it's guaranteed. And so you can go those 29 days waiting for the next sale, but it could be into the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, which at this stage in the business makes sense because average is average. That doesn't mean it won't get skewed. There's going to be some sort of urgency for people that had it on their list for 2024 and realise that time is running out by 2025. Um, So there would be a natural skew towards the end of the year there. And some would say, well, you need to create the urgency earlier. Very true. I can sit there and do that. And again, that comes down to messaging. It comes down to refining the offer. And I also acknowledge that there's so many things that I need to do. For example, I've been working on sales. I feel like I could close. I can close. I have closed people. Uh, I feel like I'm starting to get to grips with having sales conversations. I think there is some conversion messaging to work on in terms of content. Um, I'm good at content for getting attention, for developing leads. Um, but there's a bit, there's a piece definitely there in terms of moving people through the pipeline, as it were. So there's lots of things that I can do because ultimately any doubt that creeps up, I started this by saying it was about self-doubt. And initially I didn't start my feelings off as that. It was kind of doubt around the process and the business because you're like, oh, like what is going on? And I don't know all the answers yet. And as much as people say, you know, sales is most important or generating leads is most important, like it's all a system that has to work together. There's no way that you can, no way you can do one bit without the other long term, as it were. It's a case of building it all up. So what it transpired to, though, was the self-doubt because I was like, well, I can't control all of the outcomes I don't know who I'm going to come across. I don't know who's going to move towards me. But what I can do is start focusing on myself. And that means taking a look at my habits and my behaviours. What do I put off? What do I do? What am I working on? What am I learning? Like, it is an incredibly big uphill learning curve. And it has been ever since I delved into this in, in 2021. But there are times when it, gets the better of me. I'm by default, if you've ever met me in person, and maybe you feel this way just by listening, I am an incredibly positive person. And I don't mean that in a toxic way. I also appreciate when times are naff, that they're naff. But I am generally speaking, very easily a glass half full person. There's not a lot that makes me go, ooh, this is is real bad. Like, and this is going to be terrible forever. Um, Even in my 
loneliest of times when I was experiencing that through my previous divorce, through um, being on my own, not feeling I had certain connections in my life that I wanted. Like, no matter how bad that was, I could always see through it and be like, you're going to get through it. And this is just a feeling and a phase. And as long as you keep doing what you need to do, like things will improve. This is just for now. And those times, in terms of emotions, were, were a lot worse than feeling a little bit of doubt in the process of what I'm doing now. So I always know I can get through that. And it, you can hear already that I'm talking myself into the positivity of it, or the hope at least, the optimist. But there are days where that optimism doesn't come through. And I think other people from people that I speak to, that's more common than I experience it. So maybe people are used to that more than me. I've always deemed that having a positive outlook, being optimistic and having that naturally, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know that it's cultivated per se. It just is. (laughs) I smile a lot. Um, People always go, how do you keep it all up? I don't know. It's just normal, generally speaking. Um, so maybe I'm not then used to experiencing that, oh, what's this doubt or this worry that's creeping in quite so much? It doesn't wipe me out. I'll admit that. And I don't let it spiral. I will actively do stuff about it. And I can tell when I'm there. I know when I'm there. But being able to express it and talk out loud is important. And by the way, this is not the version of me expressing it and talking out loud. This is the version where I talk about it because I feel I've addressed at least enough of it to talk about it and want to share it because I can only imagine that we all feel and experience that self-doubt at some point that we are worried that we're not going to, hmm, not going to make it is not my default, but I feel like given the title of these little episodes, it makes sense, like, that we're not going to achieve our financial goals to be able to serve our lifestyle goals and our personal goals and what we really want to do with the impact of our business, both on our personal lives and with the wider world. I think it's normal, especially in the early stages I don't know, I've not been at the later stages to know, but at the early stages, I wonder if it's where you have the most doubt. Because you have little to no proof of being able to do it yet. But what I realised was is that if I doubt the business, then I am doubting myself. Because the success of the business is down to a decision about my actions. It's down to, as I mentioned, the habits that I get into on a daily to weekly basis. It is the actions I take towards making the business a success in terms of what I talk about it and what success means to me. Because if I realise that an idea isn't working then I need to think carefully about what's not working. Is it that I don't yet have the skill set? Is it that I haven't yet developed quite the right thing? 
Is it that I'm not showing up in the way that I need to in the business? Or is it genuinely just not a good idea? Is it not got legs? It's not got proof of concept, you know? There's a balance to be had. And there are always external circumstances to think about. But at the same time, I still know I'm early to this game in general. Early in the business, it's only been going very specifically this since September. But also myself, that I'm early to the game of business. Bearing in mind that when I first started delving into business, I was still teaching full time. And I did that initially for sort of six to nine months. Then I became free of that full time job. But I've always still had a part-time job. So you're working on, well, if you work weekends, then you're on a five-seventh basis. If you're working on just Monday to Friday, then I'm working on a three-fifths basis. I'm only operating at 60% because those other two days are spent elsewhere, generating income elsewhere and keeping me afloat. So there's always that cap as well. So it's not like I've had a solid, what would it be, two years in business that's still been capped. And I will admit as well, in the first year, I kind of took it as a sort of like an easy, Not a, it's not a, I was going to call it like a retirement. It felt like retirement at the time. I'll, I'll talk about that uh, in future episodes. But it was a bit like um, a gap year. <laughs> I still ran the business, um, learned about techniques, tried to push it, learn what didn't, didn't work. It was all an experience, but I also, I'm not going to lie to you, I still had plenty of trips and they formed part of the business because it was all about solo trips in part, going and exploring. But business wasn't the focus. If I look at really what I'm doing this year, like 2024 is the year of, the. it's called the word of the year is discipline because I know that there needs to be the routine, there needs to be the focus, there needs to be the constantly working on it during the hours that are allocated to it. And that's where I'm at. And it's still a development. It's still something I'm learning, developing skills in. And I've come along, man. Like having having a sales process, being able to have sales conversations is great. I was at the networking event, networking meetup event, whatever you'd like to call it, from Lisa Johnson for her, that strategy club. Oh gosh, she's got so many different words for the ends and I'm never sure which one. But anyway, the membership one that you pay monthly for. Um, she also had a meetup in Manchester. And, you know, when you're introducing what you do, and I'm saying, oh, teach people how to get more leads through podcasting. People are like, I love that. That is succinct. I wish I could say it as easily as that. And I'm like, I know. And it's taken me years to get used to saying something as succinct as limiting, arguably, because we all freak out around niching. Uh, but I know it definitely works. And I know what it feels like to be in that stage. So I know I've come along in that sense. And even when someone says, well, how how did you get into it? Well, in fact, someone asked me, what's your story? And I thought, oh, God, I've had a podcast for over 100 episodes, which predominantly weaves in my story. We could be here for hours. I said, let me give you the short version. And I swear to you, I kept it under, I reckon, 90 seconds. It didn't go on that long. She was like, oh. I love how you told that so simply. <laughs> and that comes from the fact I've told it a hundred million times. And that's the same for business. Like I need to do what I'm doing a <laughs> hundred million times to get good at it. Um, sales practice is occurring. 
I'm building up the reps, creating content in a slightly different context. I'm, I've, I've got many reps under my belt, but you know, you can always keep pushing just because you got to one level doesn't mean there isn't another level to get to after that. And then in terms of converting, that's just another area like conversion content, activating that in people. That is an area I'm working on. So when I think for a moment that this might not work, what am I doing? Like, when's the next sale coming in? Which I don't want to get focused on because I also don't want to get focused on the fact that a sale hasn't come in. I am gen- genuinely worried that if I focus on that, my energy is going to be off. So I, I know there needs to be some level of faith and a little bit more detachment on that and making sure that when I do go into conversations that we're operating from like a, as Matthew Elwell would say, a 10 out of 10 energy, like we are not, we are not associating with that. So that's definitely an area to work on too. But making sure that I'm doing all the little things to keep everything moving along. I've always been strategic. I will continue to be strategic, but also keep developing, focusing, moving through and experimenting. It's all an experiment. You don't know what works and doesn't work until you try it. You have to put yourself out there. God, the comfort zone is expanding at an alarming rate every time I jump out the bloody thing. But I'm not going to sit there and worry. I'm going to sit there and go, I'm fully capable of this. And you know it. You just got to get your head down and get on with it. Keep trying stuff out. Focus on the little 1% because there's not, there's not a big change you need to make. You just need to keep going. Keep those 1%. Pay attention in case there are slight angles to change. Little pivots to make. Nothing big. But I I don't not believe in myself. I don't not believe that I have the capabilities to do this. It may take some time, but if there's one thing that I can rely on is that I can do this. I can work this out. I can learn. I can grow. I can develop. And it will happen. It might take one month, it might take one year, it might take longer. But there'll be a point where things just do move and you're like, oh, that has all worked all together at the right time. Oh, okay. So any time that I think I'm worried, I think it's to allow that because that's kind of natural. Especially when something's new. But always coming back to the fact that if I doubt the business, am I doubting myself? And I don't like to doubt myself and my capabilities if there's one thing. So that is my little experience of that. It was uh, a lot tougher in the moment to work through that. And I think there's value in talking it out loud. Talked about it to my partner. Didn't didn't quite express. I mean, a child asked me how the business was going. And I, I very, I'm very good at keeping things, you know, teacher professional. Let's call it that. And I was like, well, this is the sitch. It's like um, a very, very quick version of this podcast episode, but explained, high ticket, low volume. And this child has an interest in, in business anyway. So 
they were intrigued by the whole concept and they're like, oh yeah, it just doesn't feel right, does it? I was like, no, no, it doesn't. And it feel it, it makes you it makes your confidence waver. <laughs> but even just talking out loud a couple of times, I don't think it mattered to who. Expressing things like that definitely helped because it a problem shared is a problem halved. You just don't feel like you're alone in it. And hopefully, by hearing this, you will feel the same. That maybe you need to speak it out to someone to halve your problem, to halve the weight of your problem. Or just listening and you go, oh, it's not just me. I feel that all the time or regularly. We're all going through it at some point. I don't think it disappears once you have, inverted commas, made it or got to a certain level. I just think the doubt appears in a different form for something different. But I'm here talking about the bit where you don't know if it's working and you can't see lots of tangible results straight away. And you've got to have, I would argue, the strongest bit of faith at this point. Let me know if you're going through anything similar, if you have before. Any techniques are getting for it, drop into the DMs and let's start talking about it rather than keeping it to ourselves and spiralling out of control. And see you next time.